Hey everyone, welcome to the Buyer-Centric Revenue Model Podcast. This is going to be a mishmash of audio content, LinkedIn content, guest podcasts, interviews, debates, and live Q&A. We'll primarily discuss six topics that reflect the Buyer-Centric Revenue Model. One, sales development versus marketing. Two, the sales assembly line or the AE-CSM split in other subdivisions versus full sales or full sales cycle sales, aka AE-CSM combined, no handoffs, no prospecting. Three, quota versus holistic goals and metrics. Four, commission versus full salary plus bonus. Five, sales versus the option of self-service to the extent desired and possible. Six, the predictable revenue model versus the buyer-centric revenue model. If you haven't already, I highly demand that you sign up for the Buyer-Centric Revenue Model community to continue the discussion and help implement the model. Join the movement of forward-thinking peers liberating and modernizing B2B marketing and sales. Achieve a better growth playbook, a competitive advantage, and more productive and fulfilling careers. Enjoy insights, data, best practices, resources, and jobs. Plus, the live Q&A on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Head over to buyercentricrevenue.com to sign up. If you want to learn more about the model and these topics, check out my book, The Death of the SDR and the Birth of the Buyer-Centric Revenue Model. It's available on Amazon in ebook, paperback, and audiobook. And now to this episode. Hey everyone, in this video, I want to talk about the state of prospecting, which again is a marketing strategy to generate leads for sales. It's a marketing method. And in another video, we talked about the state of sales development, whose job it is to do prospecting full-time, whereas back in the day, sales used to do it part-time. And we saw that sales development is suffering and underperforming. And the reason is because prospecting is suffering as a marketing strategy. And, you know, it's, it's misaligned with modern buyers and their preferences for how they want to be marketed to and with modern marketing. So buyers are increasingly avoiding it, rejecting it and getting turned off by it. And I've talked before about why I think prospecting is a code word for spam and what spam is. So let's just cover that quickly and then we'll dive into the numbers. So yeah, prospecting is a marketing strategy to generate leads for sales. Now, spam is unconsented marketing solicitations to a buyer's private inbox. Again, unconsented marketing solicitations to a buyer's private inbox. And that's their phone, their email, their LinkedIn inbox, or their physical or work address. And now for the kicker, the tactics of prospecting are telemarketing, which is phone spam, email spam, LinkedIn spam, you know, direct messages, and physical mail to a buyer's work or home address. And also bribery via gift cards. That's an extra special one. Um, So, yeah, uh, that's why prospecting is 
spam. It's a code word for spam. And that's why prospecting is different than marketing. If you're ever wondering why like people talk about these two um, as if one is a sales thing, one's a marketing thing, you know, or you're wondering what the difference is. It's just one is spam and that's distinct from proper non-spam marketing, which is what the marketing department does as distinct from sales development. Um, so yeah, so let's dive in. So this is a data set from 30 SaaS companies, basically comparing prospecting leads to marketing leads. In other words, marketing's website demo requests, which I consider to be actual real leads that people should be going all in on. Um, anyway, so this data shows that prospecting leads has a five times higher cost per acquisition, a three to five year cost per acquisition payback period compared to nine to 12 months for marketing. And prospecting has a lower sales win rate of 2% to 10% versus marketing's 20% to 30%. So sales would need 10 to 50 demos from prospecting to win one deal. Sales would need 10 to 50 demos from prospecting to win one deal versus three to five demos from marketing's website demo requests. Now, I tried to find out the percentage revenue split from that data set, but wasn't so lucky at my first attempt. I need to chase that again. Now, another data set across 15 SaaS companies shows that um, the contact information of an uninterested buyer, which is what an MQL is, which is what marketing provides to sales development so they can go spam buyers to try to push some people to sales. Well, that has a conversion rate of 0.1% versus marketing's website demo requests, which have a conversion rate of 4% to 12%. So, yeah. Um, now, this makes sense, right? Website demo requests, higher quality leads and prospecting leads. These buyers are well-informed. They're ready to speak to sales, you know, seriously thinking about purchasing. So they're more likely to buy, buy faster, and a lower acquisition cost. They produce marketing and sales efficiency and effectiveness, you know, profitability, ROI, all those good buzzwords that, you know, we want to talk about in business. Now, yeah, um, garbage in, garbage out, right? So if you push prospecting leads to sales, you're going to get junk. Um, and ask any seller. Hey, what do you want? A website demo request or an SDR lead? And they'll tell you. They want the hot leads. They want the layups. And so why are you diverting significant resources into prospecting as opposed to modern marketing? Now, consider the fact that those, again, who do prospecting full-time sales development are underperforming and suffering, you know, 39% turnover, 14 months tenure, 11 months productivity, 
and 48% meeting booked quota attainment and low job satisfaction. And then you can kind of put two and two together. Prospecting sucks and is miserable and is underperforming. Therefore, sales development, whose job is to do prospecting, sucks, is miserable, and is underperforming. Now, we talked also about how sales development and marketing are at odds with each other because they contradict each other. You know, marketing is trying to woo buyers properly with non-spam marketing, whereas sales development is spamming buyers. So, and marketing is forced to support sales development. So you have a situation in which sales development is preempting marketing, is counteracting marketing, is crowding out marketing, and is handcuffing marketing, which is why marketing is trying to liberate itself from sales development. Um, you know, they, they don't put it in those terms. They kind of fight against the effects of sales development, or they talk about it in like vague, bad terminology, like lead generation versus demand generation, which doesn't do any good, which is why they haven't made much progress. Um, so yeah, significant resources go into prospecting significant time, labor, and capital. And we talked about that in the other video about sales development. I mean, an, an SDR can go a fully loaded SDR can go for 130,000. Then, you know, there's management and leadership and everything that goes involved into the prospecting org and to supporting it. And, you know, that whole department, um, and then all the harm that sales development does, um, to buyers, to sales, and then to marketing, it's just, it's bad news. It's really bad news. So, Yeah. I mean, actually there is some good news for prospecting and where prospecting is really crushing it and is performing really, really well and successful. Uh, and that is for the people that sell prospecting, the prospecting peddlers, the gurus and influencers, the agencies and the tech vendors who sell prospecting software or prospecting services. They are the only beneficiaries. Um, you know, these are the people who are like, you know, and, and, and we talked about this in another video. They ironically and logically um, are successful selling prospecting because they market it with proper marketing. They do not market prospecting with prospecting. They don't drink or whatever, eat their own dog food. Um, they have to sell their dog food with marketing champagne. And I cover that in the book, I'll, you know, a bunch of examples, but you know who they are. Um, and yeah, I mean, these are the older guard. These are the older folks, um, you know, who were in B2B sales and in like the pre-internet era in the eighties when sellers had to do prospecting part-time. And then they, you know, in the nineties and early two thousands, when SDRs hit the scene, they were there. Um, and so, you know, Aaron Ross, who wrote Predictable Revenue and the model that I challenge, you know, he was a sales leader at Salesforce. He popularized and codified sales development, um, you know, at, at Salesforce and in his book. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're the older folks. Um, that's what they know. That's what they used to do. Um, but that was 20 years ago when Salesforce you know, Aaron Ross was at Salesforce and when he based the predictable revenue model, when he based sales development on, um, 
in SaaS, like, you know, a, a company that's been around for 20 years is like extinct. They're a dinosaur. They're like that, you know, they've been challenged like by every other software company, their grandmother and, and are probably unseated uh, ages ago. And so here we are, software companies all about, hey, toss out the old way, adopt the new way. And yet the way that your go-to-market B2B model, your marketing sales model is based tw- on like something tw- that people used to do 20 years ago, hasn't taken into account anything that's changed. So maybe we should rethink that. Um, if here we are trying to woo buyers with the new way to adopt our software instead of doing things manually, well, here we are with the excessive manual, you know, marketing spam drudgery labor. Well, on that note, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Um, it was a bright one and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Buyer-centric revenue model over and out.